Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, hello, and welcome to Food Network Obsessed. This is the podcast where we dish on all things food with your favorite chefs, food influencers, and Food Network stars. I'm your host, Jamie Sire, and today we have a talented chef who hails from Philly sharing the omelet challenge that changed his life and the bad habit he desperately wants to break. He is a chef, entrepreneur, and now a Food Network 2024 hot lister. It's Martel Stone. Martel, welcome to the podcast and big congrats on being named to the 2024 Food Network hot list. Can you describe that feeling? It's exciting. It's been a really, it was a really good 2023. And just to get the news that I'm on the list was a good cap off to 2023, right? So the next year I'm feeling like it's going to be good. This is a good start. It's like a sled push. (laughs) Well, we are in a new year. Are you a resolutions guy? I try to be. I try to be a resolutions guy, but I wind up shooting too far and (laughs) thinking about everything I wanted to make up for from like 1997. It gets kind of crazy. So no, I kind of go into it open with a few smaller goals, but for the most part, pretty open. All right. And any goals that you can share with us? So I am going into a restaurant project in DC and um, I'm, I'm excited because it's my first time working back in the city since I left and started doing my own thing. So our resolution is to make the project successful and get as much experience as I can. This is the time where I feel like I need to kind of compile as much experience because 2025, I'm, I'm shooting out the gate. All right. Well, maybe we'll check back with you uh, in 2025 and see how everything's going. But Mm -hmm. on that note, you are becoming quite the familiar face on Food Network. So we want to take this opportunity to really, you know, dive in, get to know you a little bit better. You have won both Chopped, Next Gen, Guys Grocery Games, Not Easy Feats. You held your own on Alex versus America. You were on Beachside Brawl. I mean, when did you start this foray into cooking competitions? Uh, So it was... 
it it was a a jump. I didn't think about it for a long time. I do what a lot of chefs do and they say, oh, it's not for me. I would never do it. But what it really (laughs) was is I didn't have the option to do it. Mm -hmm. So when it popped up, it was just an opportunity to see where I stack up. Chop Next Gen felt very appropriate, right? Because I was getting started. I was moving over my career. So it was like my first opportunity to get out there and get the bug. And once that happened and I started seeing my contemporaries win competitions and do really great things, at that point, I'm like, all right, the competitive spirit is kind of picking up in me, right? So Uh by the time I got to Alex versus America, I was in full speed. Are you a naturally like competitive person? Not even. Really? Yeah, I'm not super competitive at all. (laughs) I had to develop I had to develop a way to kind of get myself in a competitive spirit. Mm-hmm. I was watching The Last Dance mm-hmm. and just realizing like, oh, okay, you cannot have anything, any beef or anything, but all it needs to do is one thing needs to happen and now I'm in it. So during Chop Next Gen, one of the chefs had drank a sip of water from my bottle, mm-hmm. you know, mistakenly, I'm oh. sure. And at that point, it's like, all right, now I was locked in. Now I really (laughs) had to go for it, right? And I realized like little small things allow me to kind of see them as competitors instead of like other chefs that I really want to get to know. What was, you know, the reality like of being on set and how did that compare to what your expectations were going in? I felt like a calmness. Once I got there and I was ready to go, it was like a a calm spirit. Prior to, you know, you see the chop and you see guys grocery games and things like that. And you see everybody running around. It's like, how can you think and cook and stop at the same time? And once I started running, it was like, oh, okay. I just need to have an idea in my mind prior to. Okay. And then kind of work around it. So I, I found like a little niche while I was running through and it worked out pretty, pretty well. So you have kind of an idea going in of yep. what you might be cooking. Um, mm-hmm. Has that ever thrown you off or failed you when like, you know, the ingredients are revealed? Every single time, <laughs> every single time. It's so I, a small story. So I went for, for Chop Next Gen. I said, okay, no matter what, I'm going to do something raw as the first thing, just to kind of give myself a little leeway. The first thing we got was a sea cucumber. Okay. I've never seen a sea cucumber. <laughs> I never want to see a cucumber ever again in my life, but it completely sort of switched out from anything that I was thinking about. And I was cooking for like two chefs that I really admired. So now the pressure was really on me mm-hmm. to kind of make something work. And I figured it out, thankfully, but the plan just kind of calms me down leading up to it. Okay. But once the gates are open, it's it's nothing. Okay. So more of a, a calming mechanism, I would say. Yeah, uh, What was the toughest challenge that you faced so far in these competitions? So, oh, great. So guys, grocery games, Mm -hmm. we had to cook from the frozen food aisle. Okay. And when you run over there, right, you're like, oh, there's so many things you can do, right? Your (laughs) mind is all over the place. But once you start really picking things up, you realize like, the frost time. I need to coax more flavor into this. I need to make sure this is together. And that was probably the toughest one because it forced me to condense down my thinking and also forced me to realize that, you know, I can add like a lot of layered flavors to my dishes. I just need to kind of calm down and take my time. (laughs) Well, let's rewind a little bit and let's go Mm -hmm. back to the beginning of this food journey for you. Now, as I understand it, you fell in love with cooking during a quest to recreate the perfect French omelet. Can you tell us the story of this now life-changing egg dish for you? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) My partner hates this story. but um, (laughs) So I was in the Navy prior to, and Mm -hmm. as I was getting out, I met this woman who was a chef prior to her commissioning. We were laying around and she asked if I wanted something to eat. 
She got up, ran into the kitchen. I hear clinging. I hear clanging. I don't know what it is. I'm just relaxing. I and mean, she walked back into the room and she had what I now know to be a French omelet. Okay. Uh, prior to that, all I saw was like diner omelets, right? If you ever <laughs> went to a diner in North Philly, the omelets are overstuffed, heavy yep. cheese. There's some brown on the outside. Brown I love for them. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely love them. But this omelet was perfect. It was folded three times perfectly. The color was immaculate. There was a little butter over the top of it. So there was like a sheen. Mm. And she actually took the time to cut chives and she had salt. So it was food that I hadn't seen prior to that. So I was on the journey. I asked her, hey, how do you how do you make this? Because in my mind, if I learn, then I can also use this trick on someone else, right? You know, <laughs> young me, young thinking. But she told me, you know, if I show you, my magic will be gone and you'll leave me. Mm. Granted, we're not together now, but it just kind of lit the fire under me. And I just went straight to YouTube and all the chefs that have been making omelets since the 40s, right? You know, you see all these different techniques. And I just kept cooking it, kept cooking it, kept cooking it until one of them came out that these guys who lived outside of my building would try the omelet out. And they finally said, oh, this is good. <laughs> so my confidence was to the roof at that point. So I went, went out, tried to find a job, told them I could do two things. I can listen and I can make an omelet. Okay. And they gave me a shot. It was, it was nuts. By the way, what is the key to a perfect French omelet? It's about cooking. It's about cooking it low and slow. Mm. Some people think, you know, high heat, let's get these eggs cooked as fast as possible. But just taking the time to uh, slowly stir the eggs and having like the perfect fold is the key to a perfect French omelet. As you mentioned, you spent several years in the Navy prior to kind of diving into this career. Mm -hmm. How did that experience shape who you are and also prepare you for this next chapter? So going into the Navy, it showed me that the world is much bigger than North Philadelphia. I got to see different cultures. I got to experience building a team. I got the experience being part of a team and not being the focal point. And going into the kitchen, you know, the brigade system travels over to from the military to the kitchen. So there was a familiarity mm. there. But also, I didn't have a problem not being the center point. Mm. I, I didn't have a problem accepting my role, whatever it was in the kitchen and running with it and wanting to do a good job. I think the Navy allowed me to find a really quick way to kind of put my ego aside for the sake of the team. And it, and it served me really, really well. How did that play out in your your first job in the kitchen after, you know, after mastering the omelet? Oh, oh it's terrible. So <laughs> there is a small restaurant in Portsmouth, Virginia called okay. Cafe Europa. Really, really small. There's a husband and wife team and he had one other cook. So I came in, I was just in to help cook out, to figure out what I could do. But he was really, really heavy with his French. So if I said I can do a French omelet, I impressed him by my French omelet technique. But I let him down with the fact that I couldn't do anything. Anything else? else? <laughs> I could do nothing else. So I worked there for about a week. And then he called me and said, hey, just, you know, don't come back. Oh, don't. Oh, it's crushing. Oh, yeah. it's crushing. But it, it kind of motivated me because granted, I realized he was right. So accepting the criticism was very, very easy. Truth. I can accept truth really, really easy. So when I got my next job, it forced me to be very, very honest with the chef and as well as myself and say, hey, this is what I can do. But this is what I really, really want to learn. Chef Gerard Hems uh, down in Virginia Beach gave me my first job and is probably one of the biggest reasons I'm cooking today. What made you want to keep going after that first, you know, failure? I 
I, great question. I had a daughter at the time and part of it was I needed to get a job because I had already separated from the Navy. But the other part of it was I was too in now. Right. And mm. once I was told once or twice that you're terrible, <laughs> you, you know, you start to, you start to feel it and part of you start to believe it. But hearing that didn't dissuade me from being in the kitchen. It just made me want to kind of move forward. And it made me want to get like an even stronger challenge. I wanted to someday be on the hot list or something like that. So I could send an email to Cafe Europa and say, you know, you were right for a little <laughs> bit, you know, so that was the thing that kind of pushed me forward The my, my baby at the time. And then also wanting to just get better. Yeah. I mean, you can tell with that, that first omelet challenge that, that you are not the type to stop until you have kind of, you know, mastered something or been successful. How much of an influence were some of these chefs that you worked under along the way? Everything. Every chef that I've worked for has offered me something, you know, discipline. I learned from Chef Gerard, creativity, as well as leadership. I learned from working under Chef Kwame. Even working under Chef Eric, who was the sous chef at the time, he kind of taught me how to condense my thinking and kind of work within my station versus being all over the place. So that was a bit of organization that I learned. So every chef has offered me at least one thing that I was able to take away. They've also offered me the opportunity to move on to something better, right? Learning from them open doors for me to get to know other chefs who would then give me opportunities later on. So it was always a, a stepping stone, every single one. What traits do you feel are really crucial to evolving into a successful chef? Ooh, um, patience, for sure. I know nowadays you just get to see a lot of the chefs that are already established, that are doing great things. And in some ways it is, you know, overnight because a chef can go on a show and next thing you know, they are the biggest Food Network star, but you don't really get to see everything that went into it or all the things that they're doing leading into it. So patience, also self-determination. No one is going to offer you an opportunity if you don't want it bad enough or if you don't put yourself in that place. You can go into a restaurant and be a line cook for years, right? You know, you can work the same line. You can be the best grill cook that have worked this restaurant for 20 years. But if you don't have that motivation to move forward and do something better and also challenge yourself, right? Go from being the best grill cook to being the the most terrible expediter possible, right? But it's also you kind of learning. So definitely patience, definitely that uh, self-determination as well. Coming up next, Martel describes his culinary style and later reveals why going out to eat helps him get out of a rut. Stay tuned. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, What the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How would you describe your culinary style and, and how did you find that? My culinary style is curious. I would describe it as curious. I have broken down the walls of what I think food should be or what I think food is. And I'm willing to take on so many different things, right? It allowed me to kind of immerse myself into different cultures as I'm cooking the food and not look at it as, hey, I need to fit it into whatever standard I thought it was, right? If you are cooking with just your hands, no utensils, that's a technique that I need to learn. That's a technique that I think can serve me well. We cook with no hands. That's what we're doing, right? So it's just humbling yourself to wherever you are and being curious. I, I think that's the fastest way to kind of move forward. Where do you get your creative inspiration from when it comes to cooking? Inspiration comes from a lot of different things clothes. Honestly, walking around New York, I see people dressed in so many amazing different outfits. And I kind of see my dishes as colors first. And, you know, I just kind of place it in after that, right? In my mind, I see the completed dish, right? I don't really see ingredients and specific techniques, right? I just see as the things are placed on the plate and what colors and height and things that it looks like. And all I'm doing is trying to place those things in. I would liken it to those coloring books where they have the numbers, you know, one through five on there. You just color in like that's food. That's food for me when I'm thinking. All right. But question for you, because as a New Yorker, I know that we wear a lot of black. So (laughs) how does that fit into your colorful plate? (laughs) I think so black, even even the color black can fit with so many things. Right. Mm. I I have a complete solid black plate. And Um, now I want to make a dish that is completely white, right? Or I want to make a dish that is completely black just to fit in. On a show that I did, one of the chefs had made a dish that was completely black, you know, used the squid ink and things like that. Prior to that, it wasn't something that really made sense to me. Mm. But as he's walking up, I, I realized like there's so much beauty in the not knowing what it is, right? There's yeah. so much beauty in not understanding the taste. And also like a beautiful, just all black plate can look just as beautiful as a person walking up the street with the all leather outfit, right? Mm. I can admire it from both perspectives. 
All right. I, I love that answer, by the way. <laughs> that was very good. What about when you're feeling off? You're not feeling creative. You're in a rut. Like, how do you bounce back from that? I go and eat. I go and eat. The best way for me to get out of my head with trying to create dishes or trying to create menus is to see what somebody else is doing or see what is possible, right? For me, all I need to know is what that, all I need to know is that it's possible and then it'll kind of motivate me to kind of discover it and go forward. So when I'm in a rut, when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling like I have no real motivation to create, I will go to like a hole in the wall Vietnamese restaurant and it will kind of open me up to, oh, wow, okay, these vinegars can be the base for a dish or these fresh herbs can give me, you know, a few ideas moving forward. So it's just a kind of splash in a color. You know, I fill in one part of the actual painting. Do you have any meal plans for your time in New York right now? I have been trying to make it to Fish Cheeks for so long. Yes. <laughs> Every single time I come, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make it to Fish Cheeks. I'm going to make it to Fish Cheeks. And I never do. But I'm definitely going to go while I'm here. Also, um, uh, Angel Share, the cocktail bar is beautiful. Every time I go, is amazing. And it's been a while since I've gone to Tatiana's. Mm -hmm. uh, that restaurant is very, very special to me because... Uh, it's reminiscent of a restaurant, Kith and Ken, that I helped opened up in DC. Uh, so a lot of times I get the same flavors and I, I work with the crew for a little while. So, you know, they have a little space in my heart. Every time I come, I, you know, I'm bringing something and I also want to see what they cook up. Amazing. What about Philly? If you could cook a love letter to your hometown, what would it consist of? Oh, that's great. And this is going to sound so basic, but <laughs> yeah, I feel like if it's just a beautiful braise or a beautiful steak and potato dish. I feel like on a on a winter's day, are, those are the days that I remember most from growing up. And we would always cook something that was heavy, some, like a pot roast or something like that. So my dish would definitely have some type of braised beef or like a nice hard grilled piece of meat. Potatoes cooked in whatever way is beautiful. And a sauce, right? I'm a, I'm a sauce guy. A sauce for me ties together everything. It's not a dish unless the sauce is right there and it's banging. So a uh, potato, a braise or a steak dish with some beautiful sauce. And that would be like the the kiss to the city. Yeah. Super cozy too for this time of year. Sounds yeah, absolutely. Like. What would your perfect day in Philly look like? Ooh, I would, I would wake up. I would hop on the train and go out to West Philly. My older sister, Marquetta, she lives out in West Philly. And just exploring it just allowed me to really see that the city's changing. So definitely coffee. I need at least two espressos <laughs> set. I have on some Birkenstocks with some long socks and a flowy sort of outfit, not unlike the one I'm wearing now. I would have lunch at Red and Terminal Market. Mm -hmm. um, and I would have dinner at my favorite, favorite, favorite restaurant in Philly right now, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I love everything that they do. And my night will be kept capped off with the pinto bean and braised octopus dish, which I dream about. <laughs> What's so dreamy about it? It's so chef, chef Chad Williams has this dish where it's pinto beans and the braised octopus and there, he can't hide behind anything, right? The braised pork inside of the pinto beans, it, it sort of tastes like the base of it is like a nice red spicy sofrito. The octopus is crispy. Um, they have like these small little fresh herbs that sort of wake up the entire dish. And it's one of those dishes that you can sit there and have like three or four because it's only in the bar menu mm -hmm. and you'll feel like, you know, I don't need anything else. 
<laughs> Nothing else on this, but that dish is a dish that I've been chasing for a really, really long time. And I'm going to attempt it at some point, but not soon. <laughs> not soon. Okay. Not soon. Well, what comes next for you? What's next on the vision board in, in 2024? I want to bring my pop-up Black Supper to DC. I've been traveling around with it for a, a while. Most recently in New York, I've been here for the last kind of two years doing a lot of the supper club stuff. And, you know, DC is home now. A lot of the chefs that I want to work with and that I've been working with for a while are in DC. I see them doing amazing things. Shout out to Armani Johnson one of my guys that we definitely have to work together when I get back to the city. I want to do Black Supper and I want to discover what diaspora cuisine is to me. I want to take everything that I've learned, everything that I've experienced over the last two years moving around and see what happens. I wish I had like this master plan where, you know, I can talk about like the Alps and all these different things. But honestly, going into the lab and seeing what we come up with is for me, one of the most exciting parts about creating dishes and I know the food perspective of a lot of the chefs that I want to work with will push me to be a better chef and cook better food. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of exciting things in store and sure. we are so looking forward to watching them all unfold and we will certainly be rooting for you Absolutely. this year. We're going to finish things off with a little rapid fire round and then we have one final question that we ask everybody here on here we go. Obsessed. All mm-hmm. right, here we go. Your favorite Food Network star to see on the call sheet? Ooh. Definitely Carlos Anthony, because for a while, I thought his energy was like, you know, it was fake, like he was bringing it up. But no, it's real. He's that person on camera, off camera. And, you know, when we come into set, you know, I'm very mellow. But Uh just to watch him kind of clapping and snapping and being like, ha 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 guy. It just, it's really exciting, right? He makes me excited about competing. Yeah, no, he is a very high energy guy. We've had him on the podcast as well. Definitely Mm -hmm. a fun conversation. A collaboration you would kill for. Ooh, I would, man, that's good. I would want to cook a dinner with Chef Naisha Arrington. Mm -hmm. I've been watching her since the beginning of my cooking career. And I've eaten her food so many different times. And I feel like being in the kitchen with her Zen and watching what she create would, you know, motivate me in the kitchen. And I would love to see what we could create. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, we're manifesting it for you. And yes. Speaking of which, what are you manifesting right now? Ooh, I am, I'm manifesting amazing meals in 2024. I'm going to try to eat at everywhere that I ever wanted to eat, not only here in New York, but also around the country. And I want to, I want to go on the move. And this next restaurant that I'm going to help open up, I want this restaurant to be the best restaurant in DC. I'm really, really early on. I want to create a team or help create a team that's going to push the restaurant in ways that I haven't even experienced myself. And if we get a star along the way, that would be a cap in my career that I think would kind of allow me to ride off into the sunset for a bit. I love that. What does your uh, Spotify wrapped look like? Oh, all right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Right now I've been listening to a lot of core. He's a Philly artist. Sade is definitely on rotation. The internet gets me through long days. Ooh, and what else ridiculous ratchet music do I listen to? <laughs> yeah, those three. Those okay. three are probably on the rotation. All right. Those are the top three. What is your favorite cheesesteak in Philly? Oh, God. Ugh, my uncle going to hate me. Okay, so <laughs> I'm an Ishka guy. 
I love, it's all about the bread for me. Some people try to get, you know, fancy with the bread. They try to do like a French bread or they try to go in the the realm of a baguette. No, I just want a nice Stroman roll. I want it toasted and nothing on there. That's it. So Ishkubles for me does the bread amazing. They season their meat amazing. And you get an option of cheese. They don't just slap the whiz on it. Okay. Are you a whiz guy or are you like like a provolone or or a white American? I don't eat a lot of dairy now. Okay, so no yeah. cheese at all. No, as I'm getting older, the, the dairy is, is killing me, man. It's like body shots. So, <laughs> you know, unless I pop two lactate pills, yeah. <laughs> which they're always somewhere, I will go no cheese. And I'll just tell my I'll just tell myself and everybody around me. I just really want to taste with the meat, the flavor of the actual meat. That's it, right? I try, I try to chef it up so I don't get uh, laughed at. <laughs> okay, fair. Your secret's safe with us. What is your coffee order? I guess we already know it. Two espressos, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Double double espresso and a shot or two, a simple syrup. Okay. One good habit you're proud of and a bad habit you're trying to break. Ooh, a good habit I'm proud of. I am, I'm proud that I've gotten better with maintaining relationships and friendships. Working in the kitchen, that is your family, your friends are in the kitchen. I've, you know, since had a little time to explore. So my friendship and my friends group have expanded a little bit. The bad one, and it's so bad because my daughter does it now, nail biting. <laughs> it's, 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 it's terrible. It's terrible. And it wasn't till Mackenzie, she's 13 now, I watched her while we were in the car you know, just looking around and then you see that hand sort of migrate up to the <laughs> mouth and I'm like, no, no, not Don't you too. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to try, I'm trying to hypnotize myself. I'm going to try to go to therapy, but I have to stop for her sake. All right. Well, that's fair. All right. Our last question is not rapid fire. You can take as long as you want on this. This is the question we ask everybody and everyone has a different answer. So first one of the new year, what would be on the menu for your perfect food day. So we want to hear breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. There are no rules. So you can travel, time travel, spend absurd amounts of money. You can travel in between meals, whatever you want. It's your day. Okay. My perfect breakfast would be a double espresso with a seltzer and a bacon, egg, and biscuit sandwich. Bacon, egg, and biscuit. Bacon, egg, and biscuit with a little bit of honey and sea salt would be my breakfast. That would be perfect. For lunch, I would, I'm a, I'm a sandwich guy, so I would love a really nice uh, banh mi. Okay. Pork belly banh mi, lots of pickled veg and extra pate and lemonade on the side. Definitely got to have the lemonade. And then for dinner, dinner, I would probably, what is my oh, dinner? I've really been into Lebanese food. There is a restaurant in DC, uh, Albies, that does amazing hummus and their pita is outstanding. I can just eat it over and over again. That with a few lamb kebabs, definitely a lot of pickles and some type of braised cabbage, Mm. some type of braised lemony cabbage would be beautiful. So hummus, pita, cabbage, lamb, and a cocktail, something a high acid. I'm a I'm a spritz guy, right? Okay. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not afraid to say it. I'm a spritz guy. I love a nice spritz with my dinner. All and right. What what about dessert? Are you a dessert guy? Yes, definitely. I ice cream. My youngest daughter Zoe, she loves cookies and cream ice cream, and she got that from me. So <laughs> half cookies and cream and half pistachio ice cream with some type of like crumble on top. 
would be beautiful. If I could eat it outside and it's warm with a really good company, Mm -hmm. that would be that would be my ideal. Love that. A warm summer night with some ice cream to, to cap it off there Absolutely. as you walk away. No, that sounds beautiful. And once again, congrats on all the success. And we are, again, so looking forward to seeing what comes next for you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, man. This is, it's amazing. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Be sure to check out Martel on Food Network's hot list on foodnetwork.com. Make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review. We love it when you do that. That's all for now. We'll catch you foodies next Friday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.